0: My name is Jalen Quinell Burrow, and welcome to my podcast, Practice, Train, Compete, Inside the Mind of an Athlete.
1: Hello, how you doing? All uh, right, to start off, can you give me a little brief description of who you Okay, my name is Mike Powell, and I am the world record holder in the long jump, uh, 29 feet 4.5 inches, uh, three-time Olympian, two-time silver medalist, and two-time world champion. And, um, and I've been retired for some time now, so I've been coaching athletes at the world-class and high school level and uh, I'm an ambassador for World Athletics. What intrigued you about this this podcast? Well, for one, because you asked me to do it. (laughs) That's the number one reason, because you're one of my favorite athletes I've ever coached, and um, it's it's good to see you uh, to reach out and doing uh, different things on different platforms, and uh, I'm just proud to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All uh, right. Let me give you guys.
0: Let me tell you guys how I know him and why he's very important to me and why he's on this podcast. Number one, um, I don't exactly remember how we reached out to him, or I think it was my actual my aunt Lori that is in contact right. with you. And uh, my mom was very persistent with the you. <laughs> and uh, once we finally got you, um, we kind of just clicked on the first one. Oh yeah. And you explained to me how you were here for long-term training mm-hmm. and not to get results right then and there, but yeah. over time and you showed me the correct way to stretch the correct way to do a lot of certain things when it comes down to long jump. And I appreciate you, I appreciate you for that. It was very helpful. And during COVID, I really took heart to it because during the time when we were actually training every week, two or three times a week, once we recover was was, um, I didn't fully understand everything, but given time during COVID, I actually took everything to heart. And especially once we were actually allowed to get back on to Um, um, the field. Mm -hmm. And we started training on our own without coaches because, you know, we had to be separate and distance and everything was on your own. And coaches were just kind of sent to workouts and everybody was running on their own, doing practice and on their own. During that time,
1: I really took to heart everything. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. Well, that's good. That's, that's great to hear. Because that's what uh, my philosophy is. It's it's one thing for me to know the information, but it's more important for you to know it. And um, with the things that I do teach, it takes time. Most times, the first year, you're just kind of sucking everything up. And then the yeah. second year, you start to internalize and start to utilize it. So you got a perfect opportunity to do that and uh, I'm just happy that the results, you know, uh, showed you know what what you were able to do. Just really, I mean, you're still just scratching the surface of what you can do. But it it was good to see that you had some success on.
0: Yeah, the success was a struggle to get to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Between scratches, scratching twenty-four footers, scratching twenty-three footers, um, coaches that were doing the board but weren't always doing it right. You know, giving people some jumps and I didn't get a jump but that's that's long term. That's part of the game. That's part of the game long coaches.
1: Everybody's ideal to deal with it. You know. But that's that's the tough part, you know. So that's why you just want to control what you can control. We can't control other people. You know, you just gotta do the best you can and, and hopefully, you know. I mean it's not always about winning, it's about getting the best out of yourself. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Now,
0: let's yeah. get into the first question. Okay. Explain the mindset of a
1: well everybody has their own philosophy, um, I first and foremost, my I feel like my job is to motivate the athlete. Um, so, all, so often, athletes aren't taught, aren't told that they're good, they don't get that feedback on a constant basis. So what I try to do is make sure I'm always there to get positive feedback to to let the athlete know that they can accomplish something. I think the, the, the mental part of it is, is really the most important part because you can have the talent, but if you doubt yourself when the moment comes to you to do something, you're going to be doubting instead of believing you can do it. But even if the, in my experience and working with athletes who haven't been as talented, if they're confident in what they can do, then they're going to do what they can do and sometimes even rise to the cage and do it more just because they believe in themselves. So um, that's the most important part. People, like I said, have different philosophies and stuff, but my thought process is that I want to coach the way that I want to be coached. I want to have fun, first and foremost. I want to work hard, you know, like, I want to, you know, so if they're messing around and stuff, but, and I want to learn, and I want to be interesting. So um, that's how I like to coach, and I just realized that when I'm, when I am coaching, having had a lot of success as an athlete, it's not about me anymore. It's about the athlete, you know, so I learned how to take a back seat and do what I think is best for them. And sometimes the best the best coaching is just to shut up and, and let you figure it out. You know, I had to learn that, you know, because you always want to help, you want to help, you want to help, like a concerned mom, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes you got to learn how to just back up and let it happen and let you figure it out. So, I, you know, I, I just really enjoy it. I really enjoy it because I know I've been really blessed but the coaches that i've had and mentors i've had on and off the track you know they've they've helped me you know um develop the kind of man that i am not only type of athlete so you know for me to do that especially the fact that i didn't really have a father figure growing up it's it's something that i really cherish doing work with my athletes and and kind of being that uncle mike (laughs) you know figure to be there and you know, my goal, like I said, when working with you was always about the long term. I, I want to be at your wedding, you know. <laughs> that's the kind of relationship that I wanted to go. Do you know the difference between an athlete coach and a coach athlete? Hmm, that's a good question. I think they're really, I think it's really the same. You know, because um, it really comes down to reading the situation. You know, and it's not an exact science, you know, so a certain way that I respond towards you may not work for somebody else, you know, and, you, and you've got to figure that out. So some, some athletes, I can totally be hands off, you know, where I just need to, I need to slow them down. They're going to do too much. And other athletes, I need to really motivate and get after them, you know. So um, that's, that's the beauty of the coaching is there's no one way to do it. You know, you have to just kind of just look at it and see. Okay, what is the best? What's the best with athlete at that particular time, at that particular moment? Okay. Right. In
0: my personal opinion, the difference between athlete and coach, mm-hmm. an athlete coach and a coach athlete, mm-hmm. it's the mindset in that particular time, like you were saying. Right. So for you, you were an athlete coach to me. Right. Coach Serena is a coach athlete. I know you're talking about. So you are able to dig into the mindset of me right, right. then and there right. and put yourself in that particular moment. Right. And you've been there. Mm-hmm. And um, with my other coach, she was a, she was a basketball player. She right. didn't learn right. the understand, fundamentals right. of track right. until later on in life. Right. So she doesn't understand the, the athlete side mm-hmm. of being a track athlete. Right. She's just a coach. Yeah, she was an athlete. Yeah. So she understands an athlete mindset, but not a
1: track athlete right. mindset. Right, I get you on that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I think that, well, that's one of the benefits, you know, obviously that brings to the situation when I'm coaching. I have that the personal, you know, experience of doing it. And so when I'm telling you something, it's not theory. I've done it. You know, when I'm showing you a drill, I've done it. You know and um, when I talk about competition I've been there when I've done something wrong I've done it <laughs> you know I'm like that's ain't right I've done that too you know so um, that really that really comes in handy so um, thank you for the clarification I, good point. You're
0: I know there's a lot of controversial or topics like that um, about people who don't necessarily like their coaches. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, they're they're just not in it anymore. Right. Have you personally been in a situation like that?
1: Um uh, I've been really I've been really blessed. I've had I've had good coaches because the thing is, it's not always about what they know. It's to me, it's like do they care? And if they care, they look out for your best interest. Then they can be beneficial. They may not be teacher the most as far as technique and stuff, but they're there to give you confidence and to give you support when you need it. You know, but um, yeah, definitely. I mean, having your your coach, how your relationship with your coach is huge. You know, you don't necessarily have to be best friends, but you have to have that mutual respect. Yeah, there has to be some sort of bond. Exactly, and it, but it helps though, I believe, when there is that real bond, when it's like, okay. We're going to go into battle together, you yeah. know. If something, happens, something jumps off, you got my back, I got yours, that type of thing. When you get that kind of relationship, then it really, really shows up in, in training and competition. And I think it's really important. And so, like I said, that's one thing where I say that I want to coach the way that I want to be coached. My, the coach that I consider to be most responsible for me breaking the world record, our relationship was more so of the X's and O's, you know. The technique and everything else. The mental part I had to figure out for myself, you know, and I, and I got that from the people who I trained with. You know, I was blessed enough, you know, to compete, or to be at, like, when I was in college, when I was at UC Irvine before I transferred to UCLA, I was there with Evan Moses, who was a gold medalist Olympics, and Daley Thompson, was a two time gold medalist in the decathlon like, They were there at the facility. I got a chance to befriend them and just see the kind of people they were and how they could conduct themselves as champions. My transfer to UCLA. I'm training on the same track and hanging out with Floyd for the Joiner, and Jackie Joiner, Kersey, and Greg Foster, people like that. And then after I left UCLA, my I was able to have Lee Banks, the former world record on the tri- triple jump, as my training partner. So I really got a chance to learn what it was like to be a world class athlete from them. And so what I, I feel like now as a coach, I'm not only bringing that experience of my of the, like I said the um, the technical side but also the other aspects of being an athlete that, you know, that's a lot of said, by the athlete, coached athlete, rather don't have, you know, I'm an athlete's coach, so I have that perspective. So it's not only my perspective that you get, you get theirs too, all the stuff that I learned. The importance
0: of mental health, because I see a lot of great athletes, in high school, college, pro, but the moment something goes wrong in life, I mean, everybody has struggles in life, Right? but it's the mental aspect, because once you lose the mental aspect, mm-hmm. you're, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, honestly, we can say LeBron has been in the league for so long, one, because he takes care of his body, his right. mind, exactly. and he's a great coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's losing his touch as an athlete, mm-hmm. but he's a great coach. And he coaches his teammates. Right. And we all see that same right. same thing with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are athletes and those are people that you see who who people want to play with them. Teams get better right. when when they go there. Yeah. Chris Paul has
1: made every single team better yeah. Yeah, that he's correct. ever played with. Yeah. Those are and you know it's ironic, those are two of my favorite players because I've always respected the fact that they've made people around them better, better. You know, and um that's like, uh, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm not a Kobe hater or anything, but my, my thoughts about Kobe was that, yeah, he's a great player and a great worker, but he didn't necessarily make the players around him better. You know? But he had a different mindset and work that ethic. And if people yeah. didn't match up to that, then he wasn't really willing to give them a chance. But um, yeah, the mental aspect of it, the mental health aspect is, is huge. Um, it's something that from very early in my career, I really paid a lot of attention to. I, I saw a uh, sports psychologist. Um, pretty much throughout my career a couple two or three of them that I've worked with because especially like in an individual sport you know it's just you against the world you know and so a lot of it has to do with you being able to visualize and and mentally think your way through through a situation a very tough situation so like for example when I'm coaching you know athletes there's different levels towards learning something there's Starting to understand the technique, and then being able to do it sometimes, and then being able to do it when you want to, then be able to do it in competition, and then be able to do it under duress in competition. And if you don't, if you don't go through that process, then it's really just like a, a, a roll of the dice. If, if some, if you know, uh, if positive things happen. But if you're, if you learn how to visualize and focus when the moment comes and you can do what you trained to do. But if you have, if, if doubt creeps in, you know, if, um, if, if anxiety creeps in. And I've experienced all those things. I mean, like when, when I was competing at the World Championships in 1991, man, there was, there was no way in the world I was gonna lose that competition. I wasn't asking, and the people say, saying, when did you know you are gonna break the record? I said, when I went to the track. I was going there to destroy Carl, I was going to kill him, kick his but no matter what happened, but then the following year at the Olympics, I was the favorite. And, you know, I'm warming up for the long jump and hear somebody yelling at me and stuff, and come on, Mike, I'm like, who's this dude yelling at me? It's Spike Lee over there. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a trip. You know, I'm like a celebrity now, you know, and hanging out with the Dream Team and stuff, you know, meeting Michael Jordan, those guys. And and then, so by the time the competition came, my mind was like all over the place. Whereas Carl Lewis had been through, you know, two Olympics already, seven gold medals. For him was old hat, yeah. you know. And, and, and on that day, although I was a, I was in better shape and should have jumped further, he was a better competitor because he was able to keep his mind in the right place. And I wasn't able to, and it happened in 1992 and 1996, so... You know, your mindset is is key. If, you're, if your mind is there, and you're going to be in, you're going to put yourself in the best situation possible. It's nothing, a, a win I guarantee, but at least you want to know you didn't take yourself out of it. Yeah. And and that happens so often because athletes, when, they, when the moment comes, I will not say they freeze or choke, but they question. Yeah. yeah. I had that. Yeah. Uh, the
0: I don't want to say makeshift state that we got, but <laughs> it was makeshift state. Mm-hmm. Um, prelims you know the first day i did great first jump out there 22 8 mm-hmm. whatever it was mm-hmm. and um after that i was like okay i'm good, to make it to the finals so mm-hmm. i started you know playing around with my um, approach trying to see something different so right. those times. or i was behind the board first right. right behind the board you know it wasn't the best jump but but i was still feeling confident
1: right
0: coming into the second day i think my first jump was like 21 i was Hurt, was hurt, was hurt. <laughs> and then because um, because the way that they set it up was you know first day was the prelims and then the second day it was um, a total of like fourteen or sixteen athletes but they were only taking um, nine right. to the final. final yeah so we had to go through another round of jumping right exactly and um, after that first jump I was like am I gonna make it to the final mm-hmm. the second jump I think I scratched again mm-hmm. or I hit another scratch and then the third jump I barely made it in Scratch the surface of the finals. Right. Um, I think I was eighth place, mm-hmm. and then at that point I was like, I don't to jump anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was, I was ready to just be done. Mm-hmm. But we get to the final first jump. I think it wasn't my best jump. It wasn't a twenty three. But then come to my second jump, and a lot of the other athletes that were there, we were all supporting each other. Like right. We have seen each other at state, right meet, we so we're I'm all sure. right. mm-hmm. so like, that sort of competition is what I like. I like to be able to talk to people. I like to be able, right. to, be able to have fun with you all. Jumping, because mm-hmm. that's when I produce the best. Right, right. I don't like the seriousness serious of stuff. how other people are. I don't. I, you can just laugh. It. Right, it's okay. <laughs> just, just a little laugh. About it. But the second jump was the twenty-three mm-hmm. four, and at that point I was like, it's my first ever, ever legal twenty-three foot because I've jumped multiple 20-footers, multiple 20-footers, right. but they've never been. Right.
1: So it felt good to actually have that. Yeah, good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, believe I was happy there. when I saw Lamar. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> it's been <it's, it's laughs> a long time coming,
0: and like, getting there felt good, because right. literally 10 minutes before that, I was ready to just say, I'm mm. done. So it, it, I think mentally, like, if I didn't produce that jump, I wouldn't this podcast wouldn't Right. Like, getting that jump, just, it was like a breath of fresh sure. mm-hmm. air. Because it was a long time ago. Right. It, it needed to happen. Right. And if it didn't happen, it would have been a lot of tears.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, and believe me, I completely understand that. I mean, um, one jump can change your life, you know? And for me, there was a series of jumps that changed my life. You know, when I was in high school, I was in the state meet, and I fouled out the long jump. And then I went to the high jump, pissed off, and jumped seven feet, and got second place. And that got me a, schol- a scholarship, you know, at the college, and it started me on my way. And um, so from that point on, I, I really, uh, I had confidence that I could react in the moment. You know, so I got, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't shy away from big moments, you know, I almost, I would, I would almost sometimes in competition set it up so that I had to make a comeback on the last jump because that's what got to get my adrenaline going, you know, but, um, you know, I made two Olympic teams on my last jump, you know, where I easily could have just folded like I'm done and I'm like, no, I gotta do this you can do this, you can do this. And I, I felt like I had that advantage over the people where they were kind of like giving it up. I'm like, it's not over till it's over, period. Like I'm the same way, like if we playing a game, I can be losing 100 to one. I'm like, there's still a chance. I'll make 101 to one, zero, one. I'm gonna do it. it, don't matter. You know, and I may lose, but the next game, i come right back. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I think that like in my career, the one moment that I'm most proud of is, is that the World Championships in 1991 when Carl came down, he jumped 29, 23 quarters, furthest jump in history, albeit when dated, but still with the furthest jump in history. And you would think that, okay, in a competition, especially somebody like Carl coming down doing the best ever in history, you'd be like, oh, that's it. And for not one fraction of a second did I think that I wasn't going to beat him. I knew right then I said, No. I got him. I'm going to get him right now. And I didn't, I didn't flinch. I didn't have any negative thoughts. I went up there and like, boom, and hit it. So, um, you know, those are the kind of moments that, you know, you cherish. I wish I had that kind of that thought process in mean, the Olympic Games. I would have at least won one gold medal, maybe two. You know, but, um, but that's why I appreciate athletes who are able to make it to the top level like LeBron and stay there. Those are the ones I really appreciate. Yeah. The same Bolt's, you know, Michael Johnson's, Carl Lewis's, you know, Jackie Joyner kersey Allison Felix—they're yeah. there no matter what. Every time they're there. But they, if, they, if they signing up, you better watch out because you know they're going to be there. They might be coming with an injury, but they're still going to be there. Yeah, you know, the Muhammad—you know—she came back. Oh she my gosh! Yes, achieved, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, what
0: two runs mm-hmm. in before she came to trial? Mm-hmm. Well, two. It was two, three. Yeah. Somewhere in that Mm -hmm. frame and she made it. Exactly. That that
1: alone, that alone says how much you have trained your mindset. That's confidence. Not confidence. That's the thing. When you confidence comes from preparedness. If you've done it before, then you know you can do it. So she wasn't worried. She didn't have her typical, you know, um, prelude to the um, to the Olympic trials, but she knew she would be able to get in there enough. You know, she looked great in the qualifying round. You know, yesterday, so. You know, I know everybody's like writing her off and maybe thinking that the, uh, the girl, uh, I think Pimple Bola's name is um, from uh, the Netherlands, is going to be jumping, you know, mid 28th, high 28th consistently. I might think that. I said, but you never know. Can't count them out, you know. But what like I said, what well, one man can do, what another can do. You know, so if I can do it, then he can do it, you know. But in my situation, I had to to win. Yeah. You know, it was different. The the, comp- the level of competition was really high. So to to do something like that, to break that kind of record, you have to. Re- I think it well, you don't have to, but it really helps to have a situation where somebody's competing at a high level also. Yeah. And in my case, it was against Carl Lewis, and it, you know, I hated him at the time, so it really helped. It was a real personal yeah. thing. You know, Having so. a um, jumping partner, is
0: mm-hmm. very beneficial. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my, uh, I have a friend with me, from beat you from know, Right. Me, um, Mm-hmm. I mean, he was better than me at that point in time. Right, but he pushed you though. Yeah, but he pushed me a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there was a two where was tracking me. He jumped, his first jump was like 20, high 22, mm-hmm. and then I came back and hit a 22, eight, 22, seven. He jumped 23, two, I jumped 22, 10. Then he jumped a 23 footer, but he scratched it, mm-hmm. And I jumped a 23 footer and I scratched him. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, me and him were just like, this is what we're gonna do for now like, right. This yeah. is the competition, this is, so he was my, he was my competition. Right. I didn't really look at anybody else as competition. Oh yeah, it well you had, well, yeah, the best there. guy in the state yeah.
1: on your team. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: like, it didn't matter if anybody else was better than me. He was yeah. my only competition. I wanted to beat him and him only. Right. I don't care if somebody from Rancho jumped better than me. I don't care if he jumped <laughs> to <at>
1: 24, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the mirror is my competition. And the thing is, I remember when you used to talk about him and I, I could hear the reverence you have for him in your voice and I was trying to let you know, hey, you can beat him. You know, you got a lot of ability also. You guys both have a lot of ability, but don't just give it to him. Even though he's a year older, don't give it to him. Make him earn it. Okay. And even sometimes it don't matter what he do, you're going to get him anyway. Yeah. You know, but um, I come back to the mental state, you know, if you if you put, if you give yourself an opportunity, then good things are gonna happen. But I mean, like for example, when um, my first Olympic trials in 1984, I I was this is my last. I was transferring. I had a horrible year at U C Irvine. Didn't qualify for the national championships. I stopped training, and and then somebody said, Hey, man, i having a qualifying meet up at Mount Sac. And I'm like, Man, I haven't been training for like three weeks. So just come up and try it out. So we went up there. Boom, jumped 26.4, got the qualifying mark for Olympic Trials. Oh, dead, okay. Next week went to the National Championships, and I got second. I jumped six eight PR, you know, and then the next week I went to, the, then went to the Olympic Trials. And then, you know, so I made it to the final, and um, come up to my last jump, I was in sixth place. I went, like, 26.2, and third place was, at the time, was 26.8 and a half. The exact distance I jumped the week before. And I got up there in the runway and I was thinking to myself, man, you can make the Olympic team. And then something in my head said, no, you can't, man. You haven't been training it for the last three weeks. And I was Ugh. just took myself right out of it and went down there and jumped 26, 2 But I was like, so that point on, I was like, don't ever do that. You know, don't ever take yourself out of the game again. You know, give yourself an opportunity, you know, so on. Um, yeah, that, when I think about all the experience I've had as an athlete, you know, they really just go they they, they go over into my life. Mm-hmm. How you deal with adversity and deal with certain, certain things and 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 deal with disappointments as well as dealing with the um, the successes, you know. So that's why I think um, athlete is so important, you know, because there's a lot of life lessons to learn. Yeah, you know, that that carry over directly, you know, and which is why a lot of businesses like hiring professional. I mean, um, well, athletes who compete at a high level have a lot of success because they have that attitude that no matter what it takes, I can get it done. They understand what it's like to be in a team, you know? And I didn't realize that, but then when I started, you know, being in different environments, I realized that, okay, I am a, I am a leader. If I'm, if I'm in a situation, I feel like somebody's not leading like, okay, I'll do it. Come on, we gotta do this. Let's do this, do this, Do this. do this. And that came a lot, not only from my track, but really from my basketball experience, you know, playing basketball in high school, you know? I was the, the captain. Of our team, and um, you know, I really, I kind of put our, our team on my shoulders, you know, and said, "Okay, let's go. We're going to do this, no matter what." I know, I know that team got six ten guy, but and we're all six two, but we all can jump, you know. <laughs> so you know, we had one of my senior year, we had uh, a, a a great. I had a great experience because we were we were the, the crappy school in our league every year, and then my senior year, we had a good team. We beat everybody, we were ranked like a CIF and everything else in this one year. And and a lot of it to do with the fact because I was leading the team. We had talented guys, but my belief, they they jumped on the bandwagon when we did things that we weren't supposed to do. And of all my experiences in athletics, that's one of my favorites from high school. High school is an experience. Mm -hmm. Athletics,
0: school, it's all all an experience. Mm -hmm.
1: It's not for everybody. <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> well. I mean, it, to be successful, not for everybody. <laughs> but your journey, your journey is just beginning. Yeah, It's just um, beginning. I've so only, see, since there, yeah, you, like I said, you know, obviously, you know where my thoughts were that you could do and what you thought you could do. Also, you know, I, I thought we'd be, you know, talking about twenty-five feet by the time you were senior, and that, yeah. and that. But but the thing is, though. To get to 25, you have to go through that process of only 23s, and then you hit 24, and then you had 25. Yeah. But because so of injuries and life, coaches and of, life and COVID yeah. and everything, I mean, I I feel so bad for you guys, man, having had to go through COVID in your junior and senior year. Yeah, it, horrible. Lot. It's horrible. Lot. It's horrible. It's horrible to think about. Because I think at those times in my life were some of the most important times in my life, and you guys that a lot of time was taken away from you. You know so to make it through you know it's it's just a, uh it's a testament you know to how strong you know individual you are so they it's just going the only going to do is help you you know and your in the rest of your career you know at davis and then uh, and then afterwards you know
0: the crazy part about COVID is it's like i was one of the top juniors you yeah. know into the season like i was one of the top juniors in socal and i'm not sure if in all of California, in all of California, but I know in SoCal, like I was mm-hmm. one of the top.
1: To well, in SoCal, you're in top state.
0: So like, I knew that, and I knew coming in, like I was ready. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, that did, you got it. taken away. They got taken away. I. I didn't really get offers. I didn't really get to talk to my coaches and like, all the numbers that I should have put up ended up getting put up my senior year right so i i've just missed a whole season right very little training i'm talking about push-ups in the room set ups right. doing cardio just trying to stay in shape
1: but you know everything happens for a reason you know um when i came out of high school i was like wanting to go to ucla wanting to go to sc wanting to go to tennessee or texas and everything else and they didn't offer me anything, so I went to UC Irvine, ended up being the best thing in the world for me because I was a big fish in a small pond. And then I transferred to UCLA like I can handle it, but I feel like if I came out of high school and went directly to UCLA, I would've got eaten up. That's such a big place, it's, it's such big expectations and stuff. So right now, I think that just sets you up perfectly to go to Davis where, you know, it's, the expectations aren't gonna be so high except on you, from yourself, Yeah. you know, but you'll get the individual attention, and then you'll get that confidence, and then you realize no matter where you are, you're going to be jumping against the top people anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I, I think that it's going to probably end up being the best thing for you. Not to mention, it's going to make you hungry. and keep you hungry. And, you know, keep that little chip on your shoulder. You know, it's good to have that when you're competing. You know, because sometimes it's just not there, but then you're like... Rrr. <laughs> that dude, he beat me. It really, really helps. You know, and you can tap into that, especially. So, yeah. I mean, your future is exciting. I'm looking forward to looking, finding, seeing your results, and coming to your meets. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm
0: ready. It's it's gonna be an experience, but I'm ready for the experience. Oh, yeah. It's a late night home going and come to training like that going from class bite right into training, training bite right into another class, like it's...
1: I'm ready. Well, the good thing is that you are already a, a, a student. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I had a 3.2 in high school, but I was just able to take tests. And same thing in college, I was able to take tests, and I managed to graduate somehow. I'm like, I graduated, you know, but I didn't, I didn't invest the time, because I really didn't know how to study. You know, I was just bright enough to make it by, you know, but um, when I, when I, uh, to get my degree, I had to come back and finish up one class to bring up my GPA a little bit higher, and this was after I was out of school, and I went to every discussion section. I knew the professor, knew the TA, you know, I was there. Offering information in class, I got an A. I'm like, oh, this is what students do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had no idea. I was just into having a good time, going to parties and DJing and being a fraternity and everything else. I didn't realize, okay, this is what like to be a student. So the good thing is that you know you have that mindset already. So that's that's really going to be a big part of it That's 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 the biggest transition going from high school to college is learning how to be a student, learning how to to, um, to manage your time you know, and, so, and and stay on top of stuff instead of procrastinating until the last moment. Like me, one night one night before midterms, a week before finals, that's all I did. And I was able to make it through. I would like C's get degrees, and I, that's what I did. <laughs> I graduated with a, C, a, little, a little bit above a C average.
0: <laughs> okay, I got another question for you. Okay. Um, as an athlete, I don't want to work this. As an athlete, do you think seeing a sports therapist is beneficial and seeing a therapist? Because they're two different
1: types right. of therapists. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I think that, well, I mean, one thing, that the good thing about now is that it's not looked at in a, at, with a certain stigma, yeah. you it's, know? It's getting um, more light shine on. Right, you. yeah. And it's a positive light. Exactly, yeah, and so for me, you know, I was, I was a sociology major, you know, minor in psychology and stuff. So I had the mindset that therapy is a good thing. So I had a uh, sports psychologist and then as well as I had therapy, a therapist also, you know, so I think they're both beneficial. I mean, sometimes you can find somebody who has the, the wherewithal to do both, but sometimes you have to separate it, you know. But just the just the just uh, having the open mindset to doing it, I think is key because I know for myself, it was really beneficial to have a sports psychologist to work with you know because i had a really big fouling problem and a lot of it was mental yeah well you know my nickname was mike foul you know so because i got six weeks six jumps and i was lucky one or two you know but then i went to see a sports psychologist and we talked about that and and just the way i was he had me thinking okay instead of me saying foul i was thinking about fair jumps so my mindset just changed from trying to, from worrying about fouling to just getting fair jumps. And so I put myself in a position to get fair jumps more often. And then be more fair jumps you get, obviously, like for yourself, if you had got all those fouls, they'll jump four, but you've been jumping 23, 24 over the past couple of years. Yeah. And so you gotta piece up in a situation where you can take advantage of the moment. You know, and then like, as I went on through my career, I had a, uh, prior to breaking the world record, I had a sports, uh, Psychologists worked with me on my approach, and you know we had designated different animals to different parts of my approach to make it more natural. Instead of thinking, I'm going to do this and do this and do this, I was a charging bull, a galloping horse, a cheetah running across the uh, across the prairie, and then me dunking from the free throw line. That was my approach, so I didn't have to think about angles and stuff. I was just being natural, almost animalistic, you know. So it was just all about rhythm. Field. And so when I went to the, when I went to break the world record, people said, what were you thinking about? <laughs> I was a charging bull, I was a galloping horse, I was a cheetah running by the red, and I was beating them from the free throw line. And that's exactly what I did. It made a lot easier for me. So, um, yeah, I think it's extremely, you know, beneficial, you know, if you're open to it. You know, a lot of people aren't. But if you're open to it, who knows what it can do for you. We can unlock, unlock our minds. You know, cause most cause most of the times as athletes, physically we can do it. Okay. Mentally we just get in our own way. You know, if we could you practice this stuff years and years and years, you know what to do, but then we get in there and think, oh I can let your body go ahead and do what it's gonna do. You know, like I use the analogy, you know, when you have a computer, you program the computer and then you push enter and you let it do its job. You don't jump in the computer trying try to work it out. <laughs> so the same thing, our bodies being the most complex computer of all, the same thing. Visualize, tell yourself what you want to do, take a deep breath, and let your body go do it. Don't try to control it, because you've already put the work in, and that's where the repetition of work comes in. Just go down, let it do what it does. I well, actually never thought about using an analogy
0: before, the approach. Because mm-hmm. when I when I do my approach, count. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not necessarily counting my steps, I just right. count because right? I count 24-7 all day every right, day. Right. It's become a natural habit of mine. Right. So as soon as my name's called to the time I land, I'm counting. Mm-hmm. And that's just my normal. Right. So I try to keep my approach to a certain time. Mm-hmm. That way it's repetition mm-hmm. and that way I was on the board a lot more mm-hmm. and then Somewhere down the line, I stopped counting mm-hmm. and I started scratching. Mm-hmm. And then I started counting again. Right. I lost the rhythm, stopped training for the long jump because mentally I was over the season. Right. So I mean, every time they threw me out there, I was just kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then by the time we got to the CIF prelims, every jump scratched, mm-hmm. not a single, Foot on the board, it was always all the way over, or yeah. barely over, or then I think in uh, warm-ups, I was behind the board, mm-hmm. but there was also of wind, right. so having
1: that, it was hard to compensate for the right. And uh, well, that's the that's the difficulty difficulty of the long jump. I mean, people think, oh, it's simple. You just run down there and jump. Not at all. <laughs> board, <laughs> not at all. You got an eight inch board that you got to go hit. In the right position, yeah. from a hundred some odd feet away, running at just below maximum speed, and then being in the right position, uncontrolled, exactly, yeah, at optimal speed, you'll done. take that into the air without killing yourself too, and competing against other people. And they're like, you got time link, Okay, you got nine seconds. Yeah. You know, you got thirty yeah. seconds." So it's, it is really difficult, which is yeah. why, like, I, I use the um, example from the the meet purple the world record. My first jump was twenty five nine because my steps were off. Yeah. But then by the time my fifth round came, it was basically 29.5. You know, so it switched all the way around. You know, so um, the, the, the rhythm the rhythm is the key. You know, because with the counting, you count in the beginning, but then eventually it's like learning the words to a song. In the beginning, you have to look and say, oh, okay, yeah, that's this, 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 and then you hum mm-hmm, humming it, okay, then you can sing it, and then you can just do it without it. And then once you learn the words to a song, it's always there. You might not hear a song for 15 years, but it come on like, hey, that's my jail. <laughs> and we can sing all the words because once you learn it, then you learn it. So that's how you have to get your approach to the point where it's just innate. It's inside of you. You eat it, drink it, sleep it. You step on the runway, and your body like, this is what we do. You know That's just got to be on the lock. You know? yeah. And that's the one thing I learned from Carl Lewis, that his consistency on the runway is what made him such a great jumper because he wasn't worried about fouling. Yeah. He was just worried about how much speed to put it to his jump to go far, mm-hmm. Whereas for me, a lot of times I was thinking, man, hope I'm foul. That's a whole different perspective, you know, to think about. So if you get your, get your rhythm down, you know, that's the most important, because that, that won't leave you, it will yeah. stay with you. And, when, when, and that's why when things get stressful, you rely upon that. Rely upon your rhythm. Go back to what your body knows. Yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I think long jump is very um, underestimated. Um, event because mm-hmm. you know they say oh anybody can just go out there and, run cool. and jump, right. but it's a lot more than just cool. going out there and mm-hmm. jumping because yeah you can go out there and run a hundred and let's say your the best you can run it is eleven flat. Mm-hmm. You can not times out of ten you're only gonna run that eleven flat once, and then you're gonna start slowly decreasing, so it's gonna go from eleven flat to 11.02 11.6 mm-hmm. 11. 11, 11.7 Long mm-hmm. jump, you have to it's repeated the mm-hmm. same jump better or worse mm-hmm. but they're it's still the same jump mm-hmm. you have to come in at the same speed yeah. so if you're tired your jump's not gonna be as good mm-hmm. if you're coming in faster your steps are going to be off so there's no money coming in faster yeah
1: there's so, a lot of variables yeah, a lot more variables involved and the thing is too i mean you know being a jumper i, I think it's, I think it's the most athletic event on the field. I mean, triple jump is difficult, but it's not the same type of speed involved. Yeah. But the long jump though, you have to have the speed of a sprinter, you yeah. know, but be able to jump like a, like a basketball player. And you don't have you got control in the air. Exactly. And if you don't have control of the air, then you may going to horrible. Yeah. And and the biggest part is the conversion of your speed to vertical lift. Yeah. Because a lot of people can jump, but they can't run. A lot of people run, but then they can't yeah. jump. And so you have to be able to run and convert that speed into the jump, into the air. And that's the, that's the key part. And, that's, and really that's the reason why I'm still a world record holder right now. It's because those guys haven't figured out how to run off the ground. They're trying to jump instead of trying to push off the earth. You know, so they're dispersing energy at takeoff and. You know, a lot of those top guys, they they have all those coaches, I guess, who know what they're talking about. But I go, well, don't come talk to me. I guess I'm I'm talking about, I just keep on being a world record holder then. But I'm looking, I'm like, that's not it. I was watching the competition last night, and I was commentating with World Athletics. And I was just saying, look, it's all in the rhythm. You can see, I know for myself, I can see what's going on with them from the first two steps. That's not it. That's not it. You know, it's like hundred meters. You start off low and you come up, boom. When it's smooth like that, that's the way when Bolt used to run and more Murray screen. But when there's other guys are running out, they're choppy and losing the step and moving that. It's like okay, they, they don't they don't understand the science of what they're trying to do. You know, and that's what's happening now in long jump. The guys, the approach, their approach is not there. They're not running fast enough. You know, and um, there's nothing, most of them aren't. You know, because in order to go far, you have to go fast. You know, and that's and it's for me, you know, I I just was in a era where I had a chance to relearn. Some of the best jumpers of all time, Carl Lewis and Larry Myrick's and all sorts of guys, I was able to learn from those guys, you know. And now all they can do is pretty much a look at video. But I all I had do was turn around and look. Can I see? <Sorry>.
0: Appreciate you. This has definitely been a great experience, and uh, I hope to see you soon. <laughs> and uh, I just want to let you know, like, not this upcoming Olympics, but the next one I plan to be at. Um, in I'm LA, saying, yeah, in LA. Uh,
1: what you that's right. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> nah, and I
0: that's good too. I wanted to just say, so I'm going to be a part of
1: it. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you, man, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and. Um, Honored that you are for asking me to be your first guest, but you know I'm on your side, man. Anything you need, night or day, let me know and I'll be there for you. Thank you. All right, brother.
0: You know there's something so special about me. I'm cool like the breeze. I I practice, I train, I compete.
1: I practice, I train, I
0: compete. I practice, I train, I compete. I practice, I train, I compete.